Hey babe, are you coming to bed? Hey babe, you left your dishes here again. Ah, uh, why is your alarm going off so early again? I can't wait to see you later. Let's invite your mom over for hey, dinner this weekend. Put on the kettle. Babe, we haven't had sex in four months. <laughs> I love you. I love you. This is Rainbow Pajamas, a podcast sharing stories from around the world of long-term LGBTQ plus relationships from five years to more than 50 years. You'll hear personal details from our guests about how they met, what they fight about, their sex lives, to practical matters such as having kids, financial planning and retirement. We'll also discuss controversial topics like exclusive versus open relationships, polyamory and marriage. Can we look for love? I'm not really sure about the answers to the question just yet. But many of the couples that I've talked to met when they were not really looking for a serious relationship, including the pair in this episode, Carly and Sophia, who met at a university society when neither had ever envisioned themselves in a same-gender relationship. Carly and Sophia's relationship made it into international newspapers when they were first forced out of the Christian sorority in UC Berkeley where they had first met. Sophia is the daughter of Chilean immigrants and was raised Roman Catholic in the Bay Area, while Kylie is originally from Singapore and was raised conservative evangelical Protestant. Latin and East Asian cultures are very different. Kylie and Sophia talk all about this topic in this episode. When meeting Sophia's family, Kylie, who was originally from Singapore, had to get used to all the hugging, kissing and dancing in the culture. Similarly, Sophia also has to eat all kinds of food unfamiliar to her when meeting Kylie's family to show respect. In this episode, they tell us the fascinating story of their relationship, including how they dealt with the hostility and fallout caused by the relationship and the sorority, how they have navigated other challenges in the relationship such as very different personalities, cultural backgrounds, and winning the hearts of family members who were not initially very accepting. Kylie's mom initially just referred to Sophia as she or her instead of her name, or at least she used the right pronouns. We also discussed in detail how they planned a wedding ceremony with influence from Catholic and Protestant practices, Latin culture, and Singaporean Chinese culture. This meant a wedding with food and drinks from different continents, different styles of wedding dress, unique wedding traditions and religious ceremonies. And by the way, have you thought about how the queer community invite their family members to their weddings when not all the family actually knows about the sexual orientation and partners? We also talk about that and I thought how they did it was fascinating. If you are interested in their wedding, check out our Instagram at rainbowpajamas underscore. We're posting some beautiful pictures of their wedding over there. Hi, Sophia. Hi, Kylie. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. How are you? Very good. Where are you guys calling us from? We're in Berkeley, California. Um, yeah, so Northern California across the bridge from San Francisco. Amazing. And you both live together, do you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about your background? Um, yeah, so I'm originally from Singapore, and I moved to Southern California when I was nine, ten, something like that. Um, stayed in Southern California for middle and high school, came up to Northern California for university, um, 
thought I would finish university, move on somewhere else, and then have stayed in Berkeley specifically since, since I came for university um, and met Sophia in Berkeley. So that's basically the reason why I've stayed. <laughs> so that's me. And then, yeah, so very different kind of background to Kylie. I was born, raised, and educated here in the Bay Area, East Bay in particular. Um, but my parents were immigrants from Chile in Latin America. I'm, I'm their first child. Um, so I feel like very connected to like the immigrant or like child of immigrant experience. Um, but California and the Bay Area in particular has been my home my whole life. Sophia's entire life has been within a 20 minute radius. Basically. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Well, to help our listeners know you better, I have prepared a few questions. It's very simple, rapid fire. You can just like keep it concise and maybe elaborate a little bit on like why you chose Dash. So first question, it is a Friday night. Would you prefer a night in or a night out? In. Take out from outside. So a little but bit. But stay, stay at home. Yes. Yes. Got it. Got it. A big city or a small town? mid-sized city next to a big city which is where we are <laughs> yeah somewhere in the middle so you have access to the big city but you're not in the big city <laughs> understood what about food versus six packs like a beer six pack no food always wait no food i mean pack. like you know a very <laughs> fit body and tone oh, oh, versus wow. like I mean, eating really good food as much as i really would like to be fit I love food. Yeah. And I will go yeah. with food. food. Correct. Yes. Neither of us. Fantastic. A big wedding versus a small ceremony. Uh, we had a hundred people at our wedding. So I don't know if that's, I think that's a mid-sized wedding. Yeah. Maybe like mid to small. Yes. For most people. Uh-huh. Depends on Fantastic. your culture. Right. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, what about a sports game versus a concert? Oh, a concert? Like a music uh, concert versus a sports game. Okay, so I feel like I would usually... Okay, so we're both about five feet tall or 150 centimeters. And so <laughs> standing room only concerts are very difficult. So seated concerts or sports games. I feel like we... <laughs> when we like do events and go to things we've gone we've to go more to more games no oh. no we've gone to more concerts oh, okay we've gone away more concerts i'm not yeah i'm was, not like this is a lightning yeah. i'm oh sorry it's both no <laughs> more skewed to concerts okay like like zellerbach like where you sit and listen to an seated, orchestra <laughs> seated events and seated concerts or, yeah, Love it. okay so to conclude you are a couple who likes to stay home maybe get takeout on a friday prefer oh, yeah. to live in a middle-sized city close to a big city and prefer food and a medium-sized wedding and also seated concert we're so old <laughs> <laughs> is it a good conclusion about the dynamics yeah yeah, yeah it's accurate it is an yeah. accurate summary whether we like it <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I love it. How how long have you two been dating? Well, well, so we met uh 2010. Mm-hmm. So we met um 12 years ago. Uh-huh. And we started dating 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we started dating in 2012. Um and we got married in 2018. Right. 
Oh, this is so about we, like three and a half years married. Yeah. Yeah. So we dated for six and a half years mm-hmm. before we got married. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fantastic. How did it all start? Oh. How do you meet? Uh, so I, so we were both raised Christian in very different ways. I was raised very evangelical Protestant. Like my first church was a charismatic church where, you know, like the, like when you see on TV, those churches where someone goes and touches someone on the head and then they fall over. That was the kind of church I was raised in. And Sophia was raised very liberal, progressive Roman Catholic in the Bay Area. Um, But we both were looking to get plugged into some kind of Christian community when we were in university. Um, Sophia is a year ahead of me. But um, so we were looking or I was looking for like a Bible study group or some kind of Christian group. And through many series of twists and turns, we both ended up um, at the same events looking at a Christian sorority on campus and both ended up in the same um, class. class joining that organization. And there were only three of us in that class. So that's how we met and bonded. And the rest is history. <laughs> Got it. So when you both met, I suppose you guys were not looking for a relationship or looking for love or, on a dating app or anything like that, was it? I don't, I didn't identify as being not straight. And you, I mean, me neither. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So yeah. you kind of <laughs> like found out that, found out more about your sexualities after you met each other. Right. Yes. If anything, I, I was actively maybe looking for a boyfriend probably yeah oh interesting so how do you know each other was you know meant for each other and there was more than just friendship Uh, well I mean I think I think that's really that's really part of it that's really maybe like the core of our story and our relationship that we started as we started as friends um without intention of yeah doing anymore yeah we just you know we just connected and we had some certain things in common even though it was very clear from the very beginning we were extremely different and had it came from extremely different um like families and and backgrounds um and then it just it just kind of evolved and it got to a point where (laughs) you just you just like I just realized one day like one moment that like oh my god like I have feelings for her that are more than feelings of a best friend. Cause I have other best friends, you know, <laughs> I've, I've formed other long standing relationships with people, um, you know, in my 20, 21 years of life before that, but it, it just, it came down to, it felt different. And I realized that, I mean, I realized I had fallen in love with her and then it was kind of a, and then it was like, okay, well, what do I do about that? Yeah. And I think for me, it took a really long time to define it as love or wanting to be in a relationship that wasn't just a friendship and, and really applying some of those romantic terms. But I think at one point I did realize that like, so I was a junior, you were a senior in university, the third and fourth years. And I realized, well, so what is this after you graduate? So you just, you're just not in my life anymore. That seems unacceptable. Um, 
you know, like I, I just didn't want to not continue to be in your life and yeah. your periphery. And, and then I think that was what opened the door to, okay, like, I really don't want to be not in your life after you graduate in six months or whatever. And so I think that's how that journey started. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel like that feeling is true today. Like it's why it's why I know I, I don't know why Sophia's already I'm getting emotional. I was really not expecting <laughs> it. That's so strange. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it it really is that you know, and it's why we it's why we took the leap. It's why we kept dating. It's why we chose to marry each other, and why we continued to choose to be married to each other. I don't want to be away from her. That sounds familiar. I the other day I was talking to this couple, this gay couple who had been together for like 30, 40 years, and he was telling me that it just all started as a soulmate, you know? And and you it's best to date your best friend and your soulmate, and it all, you know, started from there. And it was not like they were looking for a relationship or anything. And you both are newspaper famous, and there's a very interesting story about you two, and I think we can talk about it for ages, but can you give us a short summary of what happened? Yeah, the short, the short summary of it is, um, so we both ended up joining this Christian sorority, and we both ended up being very involved, and so, um, you know, to the point where one year I was I was president and you were leading all of the Bible studies and spiritual retreats, which was the position I had the semester before. Um, so we were both in leadership positions. And, and that was when we realized, you know, really we wanted to be more than friends, um, which then raised a huge conundrum for the sorority, mainly because we flagged it to our um, the, the chapter advisor and said, you know, because we're both in these positions and these leadership leadership positions, is it a conflict of interest if we start dating? And she said, I don't know, let me go to the national board and ask. And the national board, you know, conferred and she came back to us and said, so the answer is you have both been removed from your positions and kicked out of this organization, um, which raised a lot of turmoil and the the chapter had to vote on whether or not we could be kicked out and they had a 50 50 split and they needed you know a two-third three-quarter vote to kick us out and so we weren't kicked out so then we were in this limbo situation not to mention a very kind of toxic environment yeah um but the at the time we had someone who was working on the student newspaper at uc berkeley and wanted to write about the story for the student newspaper and we said no because we were still going through it and working on it but um, a couple of years later you know after we were out of the the sorority and we had already graduated we did yeah I think I was still a senior and you were practicing yeah I don't remember <laughs> um at some point after we um we were we were really um now trying to have the sorority removed from campus because if they're an official student organization then you know they're being supported by university funds and tax funds like public tax funds and all that and so then that's when we decided to go back to the student newspaper and say okay like let's let's cover the story and um so they wrote about us and that whole episode with the sorority and it was then picked up by other news organizations like on the Huffington Post or the Daily Mail and, and, and sites like that and, or Cosmopolitan I think really? yeah it showed up on Cosmopolitan do you make it on Jezebel 
It was on Jezebel. Um, oh, God. I know. <laughs> There's really it. a series of unfortunate events that kind of became <laughs> famous. And, but uh, for listeners who want to know, know more about it, I certainly wish uh, include the links to the news articles in the show notes. <laughs> but there was a lot of drama that happened and a lot of very sad events that happened. How has that affected your relationship? Have you at any point actually thought about breaking up, but this is not worth it? And maybe even kind of que- question yourself whether this is right? Yeah, but I feel like most of that questioning was actually that actually happened before we were public about our relationship before yes. all yes. this whole thing with our the organization we were part of blew up. Yeah, because you know what, like Kylie mentioned um, earlier, she grew up very conservative Christian, um, and so it was kind of like a it was very difficult for me moral I don't know ethical theological theological conflict (laughs) yeah yeah whether whether to pursue a relationship with me or not so those that was the time for those questions but when we were kind of in the middle of all this drama I mean when we talk about it today we we talk about it as like a what like a crucible like a mm-hmm. pressure cooker like it was really intense and we really only had each other mm-hmm. and so it was I don't think we ever like explicitly talked about it but it became clear with that we were in it together and we were in it it was like a us against the world kind of feeling <laughs> like 22 20 20, 20 years old yeah yeah um, but it was I think it it was a decision like a it, it was kind of unsaid but it was like a okay we're going to do this and we're going to do this together and it was like a really weirdly great amount of commitment for being so early in a relationship with someone for being so young um but I think that was the understanding we had like okay we're going to do this and and this is my now very long-term commitment to you starting now yeah. amazing so there was no turning back since then no i think exactly. we're i think we're both very like this is the decision we're making and we're sticking to it people <laughs> god that's that's very good to know but when you first started dating do you know that it would last that long i had never dated anyone before actually <laughs> Just what um, also makes it amazing. <laughs> that kind of <laughs> I like, I don't know. I always kind of worded it to myself as just like being very choosy, like being just like very critical about like who I was going to like enter a relationship with or be vulnerable with. Um, and so when I met Kylie and when it was clear that like, I loved her and when when it was clear that she wanted to pursue a relationship with me I I was like okay (laughs) for me that was it I don't know I I never really thought about I never really thought about what would happen later yeah I don't think I ever really thought about like an alternative to you I'm I'm a very like 
this is the next step we're taking and then we'll see what happens after that and then what happens <laughs> after that and that's how I've done vacations my career <laughs> daily planning and so I it really I didn't do like a okay I choose you and also what could be the other alternatives that would make me not choose you like I just didn't think about that second mm -hmm. part and, and I still don't in my life I do think it's important you know especially for like listeners it almost feels like Unwise. like no it, no it's just like I, I wouldn't want anyone to feel like especially like the situation and the drama with the sorority that we were in like made it feel like there was no there escape. was no there was no exit yeah because I think because we made that decision before yeah yeah I think and it was never like we make this decision and there's never going to be a chance to like turn that around or change our mind. And actually, I remember saying to you that like, okay, we're going to make this decision together and we're going to do this together. But I also want us to really be <laughs> cognizant and remind ourselves that, you know, if we did still want to separate, that that is still an option that we have. And I remember saying that very explicitly. Yeah, to, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And has that ever occurred in the past 10 years that, you know, there's some challenges oh, that not. you made, you feel like maybe we're not meant for each other? We uh, broke up for 36 hours. So that was still before. Be that, <laughs> you keep, you've said that multiple times in the last few months. That's like in the wrong part of but, the timeline. No, but I, but, he's, <laughs> but the question is just in our entire relationship, oh, have we ever thought about that? We weren't even in a relationship when that we, happened. Yeah, we, we were because then we, we were separated dating. for, we, yeah. No, we weren't. This is, this is. Um, we could so have I guess what you're saying is that after you committed to each other and started dating officially, that's never happened. Okay, well, I, I will say, I, I think we have been very clear about what are those unbreakable boundaries that we do have. And we have had real conversations about, like, there are some things that I won't tolerate from um, people around me, whether that's a romantic or platonic um, relationship, like any kind of, you know, certain kind, if you get um I guess it all kinds of fall falls into what you would define as abuse or what is abusive to certain people and there's certain things that we just won't tolerate from another person and we have had conversations like that do you mind so, telling me what those things are so if you don't mind like Sophia is very um passionate she's an Aries <laughs> and and I um um was really uncomfortable with you know if you get really loud or angry or um like I it was a, a trigger for me based on my own experiences like someone yelling at me um someone being really like verbally aggressive was something I was just not going to tolerate and so I think the closest that we've come to saying you know what like this is something I'm not going to accept and I will leave if you don't fix this mm -hmm. I think that's for me what the closest that we've come to saying this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. I think the like one thing for me that like became a thing that we had to talk about was um, like how important my family is to me mm -hmm. um, and how important it is to me that Kylie um, greets my family in the way that we're used to in our culture. So like, like if you, you don't fit if you don't respect my culture enough to adjust yourself, then yeah. this isn't going to work either. Yeah. So like, for example, um, you know, it's a small example, but yeah, like, for example, like Latinos, 
usually um, are very physically affectionate. And that's something that Kylie was not used to. Um, and, and we're physically affectionate with like strangers, people that you're meeting for the first time, hugs you know, and hugs and kisses on the cheek. Um, and that was very uncomfortable for her. But in my culture, if you like just, you know, say hi and wave with your hand or like even shake hands with someone, that's rude. That's rude. And so that was actually a really Not big right. fight. That's yeah. interesting. So I guess there's a lot of like adjusting yourself for the other person's yes. family and extended family. And I think that's like really interesting about like relationship is that people don't realize until you get into it that you're dating the other person's family and culture and heritage and extended family as well. And that can come with all sorts of challenges. So you two both, I suppose, like spent a lot of time in America, but then your families came from very different cultures and backgrounds. And you mentioned in to me previously that there was a lot of like challenges that you have to navigate. Can you kind of name some of that? And how do you kind of overcome those challenges? We had a lot of conversations where we explained our families to each other and explained our relatives and explained our cultures and the other person would ask a lot of questions for why do you do that and why does that make sense and that doesn't make sense and um, and it was a lot of I think examination of our own respective cultures and, and getting to learn our cultures more to explain it to the other person but um, I think I, I think it was a lot of self-examination and synthesizing for the other person and, and getting to know ourselves yeah but better. also like it's those moments and those conversations where you really are kind of teasing out whether the person that you're with is really is really someone that you could be with long term if that's mm -hmm. what you're looking for you know like if yeah like if Kylie wasn't going to get out of her comfort zone mm -hmm. um you know to to be with my family in the way that they would like and the way that shows respect. And if I wasn't going to break out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. to like go, you know, to your family dinners and try sea cucumber <laughs> and, and all these, you know, other foods, which is like really important for yeah. your mother, like yeah. it, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah, because you were asking for some examples and it was like, like for me, it was like, can I, yeah, get out of my comfort zone, like physically to do things like dance. <laughs> I can just imagine like, you know, me as an Asian, East Asian person, like, you know, we can be quite reserved when it comes to like, meeting strangers, especially extended family and then the gesture or dancing that's really uncomfortable to me as well. So Kylie, are you dancing and hugging and kissing now when you meet her family? She's at least hugging and kissing. Yes, sometimes she needs a little, mm, a little push, a little nudge. Sometimes the, I have dance? to remind her. No, not to dance. I, I definitely <laughs> was hiding behind the desserts at our own wedding to avoid dancing. Yeah, it's true. I was like, "Where is my wife?" <laughs> at our own That's wedding. <laughs> I love that. So both of your families came to your wedding, did they? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you would have predicted that yes. when we started. And how was that process? Because both of you were raised pretty conservatively, it sounds like religiously. Was that process of like coming out to them, telling that you guys are getting married, inviting them easy? How was it? 
mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that I was raised conservatively, although I was raised in the Roman Catholic tradition. I think something to understand is that my parents, um, my parents are from the generation where um, Catholic schools were run by like nuns. (laughs) Um, And it was like, there was corporal punishment and it was very strict. And so their, their generation growing up, they kind of distanced themselves from that version of Catholicism mm. and became kind of more open-minded. Like my mom, after moving to the United States, has really like pursued a lot of like education and workshops in other like um, belief systems, belief systems and, and yeah. traditions and philosophies like Buddhism and stuff like that. <clears throat> Um, even though I was, you know, baptized and I did my confirmation, my first communion before that, um, went to Catholic school, went to Catholic middle school and high school. Yeah. Yeah. But the, to answer your question, I, it was difficult for my family, especially for my mother. So my father is more agnostic atheist ish. Um, and my mother was the one who had converted from Buddhism, Taoism into Christianity and brought us her kids into the church and it was very difficult for her um and she didn't even say your name for yeah. three years and just used you know, pronouns yeah. to refer is to she you. coming is she there um but it was and that was a decision that I had to make pretty consciously of like I am not going to come to dinner or to participate in these things without Sophia being there and that was very brave of Sophia to say okay I will continue to show up in these spaces where I'm not necessarily welcome I mean it was brave of you I don't think it's brave of me to show to show up in a place where no people don't want you there yeah Um, but like also how many people are really able like feel comfortable kind of like putting their foot down to their own family especially with like a new relationship yeah so you know it was I think (laughs) wore them down through persistence and perseverance (laughs) like it's just you know, this is a new, this is the new fact of life that if I come, Sophia is coming also, and you will either gain a new family member or lose the one you had. Um, And so I think that was a decision and they had to, my family also had to make the the decision to gain the new family member. Mm -hmm. Well, I think actually, now that I'm like reflecting about it, maybe one reason why like or something that kind of like motivated you to be that brave is because the very first time I met Kylie's mom Mm -hmm. we were already dating but she didn't know I didn't tell my mother yeah yeah she like she hadn't known at that point um and when I met her she was super warm to me she really liked me we got along um and so that's kind of how you know that like (laughs) homophobia is like very like are like contrived like you have to force yourself to hate someone because if you didn't know that part of them you actually love them and because it was kind of like <laughs> it was kind of like an experiment almost because we knew that she already could like me we knew that she could get back to liking me if I just kept showing up mm-hmm. and then, and then um, it was much easier with your family yeah it was much easier with my family you know um like I said, they're not conservative, um, but like being gay or being lesbian or being part of the queer community is also just not something that's really talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
had had an uncle who after being you know ha having married a woman and had like had his own kids actually separated and started a relationship with another man um that had happened just a few years before i met kylie and so that was maybe kind of like you made it easy for you yeah i guess so <laughs> like the first person to kind of like be like um i'm living my truth and the rest of the family like what you know like really shocked um i remember like actually the 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 night where i told my parents that i was dating kylie that's how i phrased it um <laughs> I didn't say like, I'm gay, I'm lesbian. I didn't say any of the, that. Um, I just said like, I want you to know that like, I'm in a relationship with Kylie, whom they had met as my friend. Um, yeah. I remember my mom saying like, oh, your tío, your uncle is gonna be so happy. <laughs> like that there's like another person in our family who's like also going to like, you know, like live their truth in this way. Definitely. And um, yeah, I'm sure your uncle will be so glad to know that I think he also kind of stands as an example and the role model for the rest of the family to be themselves and, and live authentically, right? That's yeah. so it sounds like for, for your family, Carly, it mm -hmm. was just kind of like over time, over the years that they came to accept Sophia as part of the family. How how long did it take? Or did you kind of try any tricks to kind of win her heart over? You know, it's actually really interesting because it is also very Christian, right? Like the, was it St. Uh, Francis who said, like, always, always preach the gospel if necessary, use words. Right, that's, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember which saint it was, but it was, um, it was something that really, I think I learned from being Christian, which is how can you um, demonstrate your truth or your belief through your life. Um, and it was, and it was something I had learned from, you know, it doesn't, it's not very helpful to try and evangelize someone by just telling them over and over again that Jesus has saved you. Um, but if it is something that, you know, you believe has been enriching for your own life, that this is a belief system or this is a set of practices that has improved my own life, then I'm going to continue living like that. And if you're interested in in something that I have in my life and adopting it in your own, then you'll ask me about it. Um, and so I think that was kind of my philosophy of just, I'm going to keep living this life and what feels true and happiest to me. And I'm not really gonna worry about um, pulling some other tricks uh, or, or being very direct about it. But um, if there is, I don't know, a, a trick to it, it was just being, not really being shy about bringing Sophia into lots and lots of things and having her continue to be present. And I think I kind of forced it on my family that, you know, for our Chinese New Year dinners, like the, it's a very Singaporean tradition to create this appetizer raw fish salad thing. It's the lohei or the yisheng. Yes. Um, and, uh, and I was like, Sophia made it. And you're either going to eat <laughs> the salad or not. Yeah. So I I'm, <laughs> yeah. I would say that the way we, I don't want to use the word like broke your mother down because that's so <laughs> negative, but like, <laughs> I think one of the, some of the ways that she ended up like warming up to me was I tried really hard to show that I cared. like cared and respected yeah. their culture. Um, and we're going away. And, and that I, I wanted to show like, month after month, year after year, that like I cared and respected 
her daughter and and their family you know like if they needed something mm -hmm. and Kylie couldn't do it like I could try to do it mm -hmm. so Got it. but you know I came out what we came out this I came out when the story came out because they were gonna hear about it anyway um so the story came out 2012 20 no sorry 2014 15 yeah. mm -hmm. and they were still having they still had questions about how to tell the rest of the family or how to phrase it until the you know a few months before the wedding like not that they weren't accepting but there was a lot to think about in what they how much they accepted something or how to go about you know certain questions all the way up until a couple months before the wedding yes yeah. as, as as new questions come up you have new questions to answer and the, you know I I don't have a lot of extended family in the United States or California most like the vast majority of my family were are back in Chile and so I never really like quote like came out if you will um to them to my extended family but it just so happened that the summer before our wedding both Kylie and I went back to like to Singapore and Chile to Singapore and Chile respectively alone just with our immediate families and I like personally handed an invitation to our wedding to each one of my relatives oh wow and, so, that's and that's the thing, we didn't ask we didn't ask I was just like just I'm getting married everyone like, yeah, I'm getting married in October here's your invitation and even though I knew it's like very challenging for family abroad to like come travel yeah. to how make did that, they react to it when they saw you know the two female else. names over there we did I mean I did the same thing I just sent invitations to relatives and some people responded with red packets so like, congratulations and some people I don't know how they responded because I never wasn't able to see them that summer and didn't see their reactions and didn't hear from them. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is that I just don't really care. Like I'm informing you and whether you agree or not is kind of your issue. Um, but so I'm do not... you send it digitally? <laughs> no, um, well, we, we did both. We had a digital save the no, day. But not, and... not to the extended family. But we know we mailed physical cards to make okay, it very so all of them definitely got it in person oh, yes. in the house. Oh yeah, yeah. I hand delivered all of mine to my extended family. Yeah. It was it wasn't, you know, I'm letting you know this, mm -hmm. but it's not up for questioning or debate. I mean, I but, feel like most people, especially when they're caught off guard, are actually pretty like positive. Because <laughs> you revert yeah. to your because yeah. they can't prepare something negative to say exactly <laughs> it kind of goes back to what i said that like homophobia is very like contrived like, yeah you have they to almost decide. have to like yeah. think about what they have to say to kind of confront you about exactly. that so how, how was it in the end like did a lot of them show up or kind of send you well wishes and all that i think actually a good number of people um did send us well wishes and you know, it's funny because it's, it is an invitation, right? It, it's a piece of information, but it's also an invitation. Like I'm letting you know that I'm quite gay <laughs> um, and you are invited to come celebrate. And we have ways in each of our cultures to respond to an invitation. And then in this case for, you know, Singaporean Chinese people, it's send a red packet <laughs> if you are um, acknowledging positively. And so we did get um you know red packets and well wishes and I did have an uncle who made the trek over 
Um, and your family were super cute and that they had no idea what red packets were and they did their best imitations of red packets. <laughs> and we got one red packet that was 12 inches yeah, long. It was giant. They had handmade it and had no idea what the scale of it was. It was, it was, yeah, we loved it. Yeah, it was a great so gesture. It was overall very positive and I don't think anyone explicitly gave us a negative reaction. Correct. Got it. That's good. And both of your parents, uh, the right family came there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is very good. That's very good. So, well, we, despite all the challenges of the sorority and, you know, coming out story, it sounds like it all turned out pretty good. What, what would you say are the biggest challenges in your relationship in the past 10 years? Because one of the goals of our podcast is to share some tips and insights into how to maintain a relationship in this community despite all the challenges. What would you say the biggest challenges are and how do you kind of overcome them? We are very different people. Um, and this was something I had to learn very early on that we process information very differently we think very differently. Um, I had to learn that, you know, reasoning is both, you know, what we think of in the Western world as uh, logic and deductive reasoning and, and all of that. Um, but logic and reasoning is also emotional reasoning. It's also, you know, what, it's also intuitive reasoning and these are all equally valid. It's something that I also had to delve into for um, studying theology like different denominations reason differently and it's still reasoning. Um, but we we process very differently and we um, can arrive at the same conclusion, but in very different ways. And um, so we've had a, we've had to work a lot on communication and and how to explain ourselves better to each other. And um, I don't know what else. That's the biggest one for me. Yeah, I mean, we have we were raised very differently. We have, mm. um, so sometimes the joke in our house is that I'm the immigrant <laughs> and that, <laughs> and she's not, um, just because our, even though Kylie and her, like, and her immediate family immigrated here from Singapore, they, um, we're in a more privileged position mm -hmm. than my parents were when they immigrated to the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot about kind of like, like um, the like, like socioeconomic class of our families mm -hmm. um, and how we grew up that sometimes makes like conversations about finances and money mm -hmm. and long-term planning mm -hmm. difficult for us. Mm -hmm. um, Mainly, I, I also just don't care about money, and I wish it didn't exist. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, Which is, and it's really about like understanding each other and yourself, and sometimes like understanding how unconsciously some of the cultural uh, elements or how you grew up actually affected how you make decisions and process different and uh, react to certain things. And sometimes it might come across like you know very natural to us, but it's actually not so much to the other person as well. I know you mentioned that you know you know the Bay Area is becoming very expensive for both of you to live in. What's yes. your plan now? How are you tackling that? That's, that is the question. That is the biggest question that of, yeah of our life right now. It's a it's a really good question because you know as we think about where else to go, um, we it's kind of like if you did a 
a search of top restaurants on Yelp and then you add filters until you narrow it down into a list that you can choose from. It's like we look at the world, we narrow it down by, okay, well, um, where can we have access to an international airport so that we can get back to our families quickly if anything happened? Where is there access to good health care for you know, chronic health issues that might be in our family that we have to deal with? Um, is there enough diversity for us to feel safe as a bicultural couple? Same-sex couple. Um, and, then, and then the other part is then, is it safe for a same-sex couple? Mm -hmm. So it's the, you know, racially, is it diverse enough? And then um, with regard to sexual orientation, is it a safe place? Um, you know, is it, and I think that actually brings the list down to a pretty small size. Like there's so many articles we're hit with. It's, these are the mo the best new affordable cities in the United States. And it's somewhere where it's 3% Asian and I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Um, and, and so I think it's, you know, for now, like I'm lucky to work for a company that um, has other branches and cities where that do check off some of these boxes for us. Um, and that I think is part of our, our short list of where to go next. Um, I think we're also thinking about, you know, if we, like what, what are the most important pieces to us? Like if I did want to go back home to Singapore at one point, like, is that okay? Like if we don't have certain or any legal rights as a pair, mm -hmm. um, what are we giving up and what do we get back? Um, but those are kind of the criteria that we look at for evaluating a new city or a new place to go. Got it, that makes sense. And I think to Sophia, I have a very important question. So now are you eating sea cucumber and jellyfish oh, yeah. and chicken feet as well? <laughs> oh yeah, I have tried chicken feet. I was, <laughs> I was surprised that I was like, I was like trying to chew it like so I could like swallow. And I was like, wait, this is, I was like, no, you just like suck the sauce off of it. I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's just a carrier for I the sauce. I was like, okay, that makes sense because this is really chewy. <laughs> I love it. And Kylie, have you tried something very exotic and very out of the comfort zone for you? Okay, so I know I know listeners can't see this, but right behind Sophia's head is this chart of hot dogs that I've really <laughs> come to. Kylie loves hot dogs. I'm kind of a connoisseur of different uh, bread and sausage combinations now. <laughs> and what I really learned about um, the Chilean hot dog, I think that one's right by your bun, it's that it has these sauerkraut and smashed avocados and mayonnaise and it's it's called a completo which means complete it's a whole complete meal and so um i've been introduced to um um uh, not excess but um uh <laughs> certain additions of flavors and fat and sugar 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 lots of i've never had so much sugar and bread and bread um <laughs> as as you know in a latin context i love it and a lot of diversity new elements new flavors to your relationship and it sounds like they both of you speak some uh, spanish and chinese now well uh sophia has learned zero to six or I, think something. I, can, <laughs> I think i can count to three maybe four and i know how to say like my name is sophia i know how to say i'm sorry and i love you which i think are really like the two key phrases you need for a relationship <laughs> um and i i have i learned some spanish i did spend some time um in ecuador and recently in um mexico we were in mexico for a little bit and 
I picked up some Portuguese last year. And mm -hmm. so I speak more Spanish than you speak Mandarin that or is, Cantonese. That is correct. Um, but we are well, learning key phrases from each yeah. other's cultures. <laughs> I love it. And how did your wedding work? Like, first of all, like what, what, because that usually wedding comes with so many cultures and like, yeah. you know, traditions yeah. and, you know, clothing and, yeah. and the language as well. And also like, were you holding a religious Christian ceremony as well? Yeah, yeah. We're very proud of our wedding. It was great. Release it, <laughs> it as a template. Was there a lot of argument, like on deciding or how did you, oh, what kind of oh, clothing do you wear? There was definitely a lot of argument between us two, but we made a really intentional decision to keep to, to keep the planning. I want to describe it. No, no, no. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to give an overview. <laughs> we made a really intense, intentional decision to keep the planning just between us two and yes. not let any which is, family member have any say about which comes, anything. Which comes from a place of financial privilege that we were able to pay for our own wedding between the two of us. Yes. Um, and, and that gave us the control that we needed. Otherwise, I think it would have been very difficult. But this is a theme of our relationship that... I think the two of us, because of, I think we're different in almost every way. We literally have opposite Myers-Briggs types. Yes. Except for being true. mostly introverts, so we don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, we, it does mean that we basically have to question everything mm -hmm. we do because it, the other person does it differently. But mm -hmm. our wedding, I mean, I, um, I did, I did find a, um, a, a Chipao style or Cheongsam style dress when I was in Singapore it was $40 I'm very proud um <laughs> it was white it was white and um we because most of the family there was going to be Sophia's because you have many more relatives here and who were able to make it um a lot of the music was very Latin the food was Singaporean mm -hmm. Malaysian because the food is our food is better than Chilean food. Singaporean Malaysian food is better Ooh, by be far. Careful. By you're far. gonna get some haters. By far. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're gonna get some haters. And um, <laughs> and um, we had um, the the cocktail we had was a, a guava pisco sour. So pisco sour is a, a Peruvian Chilean drink, depending on who you ask in Peru or Chile. And um, a little mm -hmm. guava for a Southeast Asian tropical flair. cake. So a lot of the food was Singaporean Malaysian. We did have ways and mm -hmm. um, yeah the desserts we had like a passion fruit cheesecake that my cousin baked um you know but like trying to mix like bring in southeast and Asian we had flavors. a lion dance <laughs> so it was it. we really tried to mix it up and, and you know think about you know what was going to be most important for like the people who were there were mostly latin and they would bring the music and they would bring the dancing and my people were not going to dance so we <laughs> i love it do you also yeah. wear a latin dress as well uh there's not really such thing as that um it is it's just in in chile in particular you know it's very it's very westernized mm -hmm. um and so wearing if you're you know a woman, you wear a white dress for your wedding. Um, so I was also in a white dress and it was um, lace that, you know, matched Kylie's lace on her chupau. Um, okay, so both of you were wearing two separate styles. Like, so Sophia, yes. you were not wearing a chupau. Yeah, mine, no, I was not. Mine was more bohemian, but it was the same like type of fabric as Kylie's. Yeah, but it came from like a- Oh yeah, like but it came from like, you know, like a- chain store yeah, a chain <laughs> wedding store nothing special like chinatown in singapore um, I love it. 
but we did have a Christian mm -hmm. ceremony. And we did have our pastor mm -hmm. and we did um, think about, um, we did have a version of a communion ceremony where you, instead of coming up to get your communion wafer or your host, um, we wanted to make it more, something that would feel more comfortable for even people who weren't uh, Roman Catholic and who didn't grow up with that tradition. And so we um, substituted the, the communion wafers for sparklers. Um, but the idea of, you know, everyone being joined, coming up and being joined by a, a common source of, you know, where you were drawing your <laughs> sparklers from um, and being, you know, a, a community that was united by this common motif for a temporary moment of time where you have this community that exists on this day and in this moment. And, you know, we're not really going to be together like this ever again, but we will acknowledge that was something that was important to us. And I think also what communion really speaks to, and we did incorporate that. We did have um, readings that we also then translated into Spanish and Cantonese. Mm -hmm. and our... Each of our mothers read mm -hmm. the same reading, but yeah. in, you know, their home language. So I have the benefit of having thought about homilies and liturgies and sermons for a while since I've been studying theology for some time, yeah. but um, but it was also a, a mixture of, you know, the, the liturgy and, and practices of a Roman Catholic mass and some of the concepts of maybe a, a Protestant service. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of thought. With a Protestant mm -hmm. female pastor. Yes. That's incredible. And it was so complex. It sounds like there's so much to navigate. <laughs> I would love to see some pictures and perhaps I even share with you. Oh, yeah. Well, we're very too. proud. We are not and shy of so that. <laughs> We're not so, shy about sharing our wedding photos. So <laughs> and I think it. there's no perfect way to end this with all these different, um, you know, cultural beliefs and traditions and languages and beliefs and flavors and food and the hot dogs <laughs> and different types of, uh, you know, animal parts to eat as well. But thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your love and story with us. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you for having us. That is such an amazing story and the wedding was just incredible. Singaporean food, lion dance, Latin music and dance, and two types of wedding dresses. How cool is it? If you'd like to see some pictures of them as well as links to the newspaper articles about the story, just follow our Instagram at rainbowpajamas underscore. We've posted their wedding pictures and links there. I also loved it when Sophia said that they need to have a lot of open conversations and self-examination to discover whether the relationship would really work with the person, specifically whether they are willing to get out of the comfort zone to accommodate you, your personality and family. Let us know what you think about the story and our podcast by leaving a comment on Instagram or directly messaging us over there. If there are any specific questions you'd like us to ask in the future, you can also message us or email us at rainbowpajamascrewcrew at gmail.com. And finally, don't forget to share this podcast with three of your friends, just three is enough, in the LGBTQ community who will be interested in how to start and keep a relationship in this community, or just people who are interested in this topic in general. And that's it. Bye now. Hey you, are you miserable in your love life? Just kidding. If you do know someone in the LGBTQ community whose love life has been in lockdown for a long time and are looking for a reopening, please share this podcast with them. If this podcast has made you laugh, think, or oddly turned you on, please leave a positive review to help more people discover the show. You know, to turn more people on. 
And don't forget to subscribe to get the latest goodness. And if you know anyone we should interview in the show, please email rainbowpajamascrew at gmail.com. That's C-R-E-W at gmail.com. Or send us a message on Instagram. Our handle is rainbowpajamas underscore. We're always looking for people in this diverse community who are in various types of intimate relationships or at different stages of their lives. Okay, that's it for today. This is Rainbow Pajamas. Hey, it's pajamas with an A, not Y.